I'm a music therapist and a psychotherapist, a mom of three and a musician. Music is very much the key to communicating with our babies. They speak music from day one. The big thing that we're gonna kind of unpack together is how music helps you understand your baby's cues. Even at, let's say, three months old, you can really learn so much about their personality. It's amazing how much music we already do and don't think we do that. Three albums for parents and babies. The website is babyintune.com. It's a way to emotionally connect both for the baby and for us. Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant. Welcome to the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where I am committed to resolving your child's exhausting sleep habits. This is episode 114, and I am chatting with Varid of Baby in Tune today. Well, what does music and resolving your child's sleep habits have to do with each other? I love music. I encourage you to have music inside of your routines. I think there are so many ways we can build music in our simple everyday sleep routines with your little one. And Verit is going to share how this is so important and some little ways that you can begin to do this today. You can find all of the resources that we talk about on this episode in the show notes or head on over to littlezsleep.com and check out everything we mention in our show notes. Also check out all of our other podcasts and our YouTube channel if you're not already subscribed head on over to YouTube and check out Little Z Sleep. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with Varid today. Let's get into it. Y'all, I am so happy to have, this is the first time we've ever talked about music and your baby on the podcast. And I was super excited when Varid reached out from Baby in Tune and gave us some great ideas for the podcast and jumped right on like, yes, please come talk to us. So Varid, thank you so much. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here and to talk to you, Becca. Yay. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about Baby in Tune. Okay. So um, so it is music classes for parents and babies. I would say even more for parents than babies, um, which make it a little different than a lot of music classes out there because we're not only teaching parents songs, but we're also giving them a lot of psychoeducation. So I'm a music therapist and a psychotherapist, um, a mom of three and a musician. And so the class is really, uh, we go according to a curriculum and in each class we're talking about a different skill. So how to soothe using music, different types of games to play, how to mirror the baby's vocals. And it's all under the umbrella really of how to connect to your baby through music because I feel, and a lot of research shows, that music is very much the key to, to uh, communicating with our babies. They speak music from day one. They speak the language. So um, for us to really understand the rhythms of our baby, the tones, we can understand how to soothe, how to play, and how to pick up on cues. I love that. And you're right. From day one, they're all about music, melodies. I love it. Yeah. Exactly. Even before, there are studies showing that there's so many studies at this point about um, prenatal music. So singing to your ba babies, remember music that was sung to them in their belly. But even more than that, I found this one study fascinating that babies who were sung to in the womb later are soothed for longer periods of time and sleep for longer periods of time and are less colicky. So... That yeah. is amazing. That's amazing. Yes. I would love to, I'd love to add that in the notes. That's awesome. And I think that 
that goes into the connection piece, right? Like you're, you're making that connection. And, and I will pause and say that I remember with my first, I don't know if it's because, I mean, I enjoyed not, I, we didn't find out the gender for either one of them that didn't, you know, for us, it was exciting. Like I liked the surprise, but for my first child, it was kind of hard to like connect because you're like, what's happening? You know, I don't have anything like, I don't have any experience with it. And yeah. just kind of even putting yourself out there, you've got experience with music. So I think that's a great way to think about that when you are before the baby even arrives. So. Yeah, but you raise a good point. And I want to tell my story a little bit so that people aren't listening and going, oh, well, she's a musician. So she sings to her the baby and that's fine. Actually, it wasn't that way at all for me. When my first was born, I had already been an aspiring rock star at the time through my 20s, but actually gave it up when I got pregnant because I thought I needed to go be a grown up. And so I went, I was already a music therapist. I went to study clinical psychology. And um, then I had the baby. And I, I remember that for those first months of, you know, exhaustion and the nursing was not going well. So there were, I was pumping and feeding and just that incessant struggle, um, I was not singing to the baby. I was not. It just didn't come naturally. And it was only, and meanwhile, my husband, by the way, was singing like a lark, walking around <laughs> the house, so bouncing, singing. And I remember going, oh my God, why am I not singing to this baby? <laughs> why are you but, so happy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> why are you so happy? And I'm sitting here in the middle of the night pumping, not even holding the baby, just pumping. So, um, Eventually, I did try to sing, and what I realized when, that, when, when I did is how he looked at me and how connected we felt. And so I realized at that moment it was the way into motherhood for me, and it was very much the key to our connection. And like you said before, you know, you were saying connection. Yes, it has to do with understanding cues and all that stuff, but there's another element that music brings in, which is the emotional aspect. So music, different than, you know, like we can soothe our babies with a lot of different ways, the pacifier, a lovey, I don't know, bouncing, whatever, all these things, right? Shushing. But music holds this emotional piece that nothing else does. So again, I, I really love studies, research studies. So a lot of what I talk about is, um, is usually based on, I guess it's also my academic training. But so there was a study where they had people writing an essay while listening to music and people writing an essay, not listening to music. And you can, we know this intuitively, but all of the ones who were writing while listening to music, their writing was just more emotional. It was, you know, more vulnerable. And so this music piece with our baby not only helps us understand them, but also helps us get into this connecting state and not thinking, oh, we need more diapers, none of that. When are we gonna map? When, when am I gonna feed? All that stuff. It gets us into this emotional place where we can connect. Oh, 100% agree with that. And it kind of gives me the shivers thinking about like when you were saying you started to sing with him and had that connection because our our first was so like she, I mean, we still tell her to this day. She'll be like, what did I do when I was a baby? You cried all the time. <laughs> and because I had no clue what I was doing um, and I would just keep her awake for hours. But um, I, I remember like when for me, for me to sing, and I love to sing. So it kind of came easy, but it was also, it helped me just calm down. Yeah. You know, because I'm not going to like scream, shout at my baby. I'm going to, okay, 
let me just, I'm not feeling peaceful, but let me just sing. (laughs) And it does, it does change the mood for sure. Yes. And not only that, it regulates our breathing. So now we're taking in deeper breaths because we need to. So now our body is kind of tricked into relaxing and our babies who are kind of like emotional antennas are going, oh, okay, she's relaxing because she's singing. And so we're feeling the emotional piece. We're feeling the physical piece. And now the baby is too. So yeah, exactly. I love that. So I know that our big topic, we're going to kind of dive in here, which I feel like I could go on so many rabbit trails, but it's okay. Um, The big thing that we're going to kind of unpack together is how music helps you understand your baby's cues. And I would, I just, I'm so fascinated by this. This was the one when you gave me the list of like, oh, we could talk about this and this. I was like, yes, this one. (laughs) (laughs) This one, definitely. So why, why music with cues and, and what does this all mean? I, you know, so much of it is intuitive too. I, I, I always feel like if I brought in a video camera to anybody's home right now, and I just set it up in a hidden place, we would have like 200 different moments during the day, at least, where the baby and the parent are mirroring each other, right? Like they're mirroring in different modalities. So let's say the baby's going, ah, and the mom's going, what? Hi, right? And doing kind of the same thing with their body or the baby's going, oh, and the mom goes, what's wrong? Right? So like we intuitively are um, really connecting to the musicality of what we're hearing, but I'll break that down more specifically. So when you're bouncing your baby, We all bounce the baby. Why? Because baby loves to be bounced. They were in our bellies. We were walking around. Baby was soothed during the day and up at night when we weren't moving anymore, plus the heartbeat. So baby loves rhythm. And again, so many studies showing how baby um, is soothed by rhythm, is heart rate regulated. So um, when when we're bouncing our babies, it's so interesting to look at parents going a little bit faster, a little bit slower, and then they're landing on the rhythm that works for their baby. So one of the things I like parents to notice, um, and, and so when, when I teach my parents what I call the soothing method, the soothing method, I'll, I'll just go over it very quickly for your, for your listeners. Um, it has to do with using the sound O, and the vowel O, because that happens deepest in our diaphragm, and it's a very soothing sound. We even say, oh, it's okay. And we kind of bounce between two notes in this soothing method, just like we bounce with our body. We are, um, we're, we're using the rhythm, and then we're also taking in deep breaths. So breath is key to all of this, as we said before, to calm our own body. So when we're using this kind of a method where it's, there's no particular it's not necessarily like we're dancing to a rhythm of a song, which also would work, but we're just doing our own rhythm. So I'm singing now, oh, 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 oh. This is a song that I'm going to tailor to my baby's rhythm now. So I'm going to kind of go a little faster maybe, I'm going to go slower, but just having this kind of a sound, getting into our emotional place because we're singing, getting into this breath place, now I'm able to really focus on what is this rhythm that's working for my baby right now. So that's one practical way. Another way is think about mirroring their vocals. So, you know, a lot of I don't know if your listeners do this already. They, again, they're doing it intuitively, but maybe not intentionally. 
But one of the things we talk about in the class is noticing our baby's musicality in their tone. When we're speaking to our babies and we want them to be more alert, we kind of use a, a bell curve, like a high bit, like we go, hi, right? Hi, so right. Yes. Even if we promised ourselves, I will never use that voice when I was speaking to my baby. We do it. And the reason is that babies do respond to that. They respond to this high pitch. They respond to this. We start low, we go high, and then we come down, right? This musicality of, of this, this bell curve. When we're soothing, we descend. It's all right. It's okay. Come here, baby. Right? So that's descending in our musicality. So we are already tuning into our baby in the way that we speak to them. We do not, when our partner walks in the door, we don't go, hi, how was your day, right? We only reserve this for our baby. Meanwhile, our baby does the same, giving that back to us, right? So our baby is using these, hi, these kind of like happy tones and these higher pitch tones as opposed to the lower ones. And so one of the things we talk about in the class is noticing our own tone, noticing our babies, where that matches up. You know, so when, if we're finding that they're needing more soothing because we're noticing that tone, how are we going to change our tone? And as the baby gets older, so maybe some of your listeners might have a second kid who's older, the, the other, the third one besides the bell curve ah, and the descending is the flat one. And that one we use when, you know, kid is already like three and above and we're going, stop it. No. Yes. Right. That's, that's my life right now. Yes. Yes. That's the flat one. No music. You better do what I say now. <laughs> yes, me too. I'm using that a lot because the kids are home all the time. <laughs> yes. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Um, so that's another way. So we do other things. We play different games. Like for instance, um, one game that we teach is called Anticipation Repetition. And this is about all about noticing our baby's... Um, I call it the space in between. So noticing their rhythm on how long it takes them to react to something and how long they can anticipate something. And this moment of anticipation is something I consider kind of baby therapy. So let me make that a lot more practical. Um, so when you're playing with your baby and you're probably already doing something like this, like maybe you're making a sound like, you know, and then you're waiting. And then you do it again, and then you're waiting, right? So when we're doing games like this, baby loves this, by the way, baby's like laughing and now we're doing it more and it's kind of a feedback loop and they laugh more and we laugh more and it goes on and on. But what we don't always think about is actually that space, the pause. And the pause is what's interesting to me. And it's a very musical concept, this pause. Think about the right before the end of a song, right before the resolve, there's a pause and then a no, babe, or whatever, however they're ending the song, right? So those pauses are so musical and we expect that resolve. So when we're playing with our baby, it's that pause in the middle that we can start to learn so much about our baby. How do they, how do they handle this um, anticipation, this kind of moment. And some of them, I, I find that you can really learn so much about their personality, even at, let's say, three months old, you know, because some of them are 
like moving on moving quick with their body and they're kind of kicking their legs and their their eyes their eyebrows are up and they're smiling right some of them start to giggle immediately in this pause some of them are have kind of a serious like they're intensely looking my eldest was like this he just intensely waited and looked into my eyes during this pause it could have gone on forever with him <laughs> i could have held him in that space and he's still like that right he's intense he can he can focus for a long period of time on something so this pause i we talk about in the class is like what how can what happens if you draw it out how much can you draw it out how can you find the edge of that and then the other side is what sounds does your baby respond to? Do they like the high pitch ones? Do they like the low ones? Do they like when it comes with a gesture? And so really noticing our baby's um, musicality, their, their tonal musicality, their rhythm, and through that, understanding them more. That makes us so much sense just thinking back through, you know, little moments that I remember having with the girls. And I, I love the action step of, you know, maybe we're not going to set up a camera in our house, but just being in tune and then going back and be like, oh, how many times are there? But being in tune to um, the fact, how, how often we do those things, how often we do those bell curves, how often we have those like call and, res call and response moments. That's what I'm just thinking through. Um, it happens all the time and you may be thinking, oh, I'm just, I'm not musical at all. I, I can't do that, but you're already kind of doing it. That's, it's, yes, exactly. It's amazing how much music we already do and don't think we do because I've got so many parents coming to my classes saying, well, I came because I'm not musical at all. And I just thought I would do this to try to get musical. No, you already are because that's what our baby is speaking. So we're already responding to that. And then the more we do that, the more we understand the differences in the cries or the whines, you know, the more we're listening closely and understanding, oh, that one is when the baby's overtired. And that one is when the baby, like I, I always find that, you know, the baby is like the, at his most charming when right around the corner there's a crash. Right. So, oh, right. This is the like really fun time. I better start getting bedtime going already so that we don't get to that crash. So, yeah, it's starting to notice these things that then will help us with our survival, <laughs> which is getting more sleep. Oh, absolutely. It's so true. It's so true. I'm thinking of the mom who's listening to this right now and they're like, oh my gosh, I love this. Okay. What can I do? It's like, uh, I've got the rest of the afternoon. Any, anything that you would tell a mom like right now, you know, um, having maybe, um, they want, they want to try this out. They want to try some of these things. What can a mom do almost ASAP right now? Yeah. So uh, one of the things is to do this anticipation repetition game because that's such a good place to start on understanding. So, and it literally is that simple. You're just making a sound and then the pause and you're looking at your baby and you're leaving the space. So much of what I do too is just helping parents leave space. So same when you're mirroring the vocals, um, starting to, so, this is something we don't always do. If the baby is doing some kind of vocalization, like, ah, then we might, we might go, yes, that's right. We're, we're pretty much mirroring it. But to try to do just the baby's sounds and then wait. And I'm not saying all the time. You know, I'm talking about during this exercise. The rest of the time, speak. Speak your language. But during the exercise, just the baby's sounds and then waiting. 
and leaving the space. And this is already giving our babies the feeling that I'm listening. We don't have to fill in the space like we normally do with adult conversations like, oh, blah, 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 right? So with the baby, they need space. And, you know, it's going to, when our three-year-old comes home from school, if they ever go back to school, and they say, mama, I, I, and, right? And it takes them forever to get a sentence out. We'll say, I'm listening. I'm here. I'm listening. And that starts now with the baby, with the mirroring, the vocals. So this anticipation, repetition, the mirroring. And when it comes to bedtime, the best way, I think, to really start to understand how your baby responds to music is through a lullaby. I love lullabies. I, I think it's like, like the ABCs of starting music with your baby. There's so many good reasons to do it. And um, so it's such a great way to really connect to the baby and start understanding together because so much about, about understanding your baby's cues and musical cues is, is really understanding your response to it too, right? It's the two of you. This is a, that dance you do together. That's what music is. Oh, it's so true. And I, I mean, my girls are four and five and every, uh, when they were born, kind of like as a little family history, my mom made up a song for all three of us girls. Like we all have individual songs. And so when I had the girls like day one, I was like, I have to make you a song right now. <laughs> and so I just made a song for them. And that's what I still you sing did. to them every night. Yeah. I still sing. They have their own songs. I sing them oh my the Ellie song, sing them the Hattie song before they go to wow. they know it. And it's so sweet. Oh my God. I love that. I love that. And uh, was, is it based on, did you just make, uh, come up with the melody and everything on your own? Yeah, I just came it up. So my, my one for Hattie, I can like sing a little part of it, but she, yes. it's, um, she goes, uh, I'm like interested in the bell curves. I say, Hattie, my Hattie, we love you so. Hattie, my Hattie, oh, how you'll grow. We'll see you in the morning and love you all day through. Hattie, my Hattie, we love you so. That's her song. I sing it every That's night. Oh, so beautiful. I love that. I remember I would, I would sing it to her before a nap and before going down for bed. And I remember laughing at myself because right, I'm a newborn. I'll see you in the morning. No, I'm not. I'm going to see you in like two hours, you know, but I would like, I'll see you in the morning. I'm going to drill it into your head, but you're going to be a good sleeper. You know, it's so funny because the, the lullaby that I wrote for my first son too is called sleep. And, um, by the way, they, you know, the listeners can go to Amazon, iTunes, we can tell them later, but this song is recorded. And it's so funny because it actually goes, um, so it goes, sleep my baby, sleep my baby, close your eyes. But then after it goes, I'll see you in the morning. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And the reason actually that I think that, that we both said this is that we're not just talking to the baby. Yes, we're saying to the baby, I'll see you in the morning. But the fact is that the separation from the baby is as hard for us at night as it is for the baby. I mean, what do we do? We put the baby in the bed and then we peek in to see if they're, they're breathing. And then we look at pictures of them on our phone or on the computer. And then we talk about them, right? And then we look yeah. at the monitor again. So 
the separation is actually not so simple. So one of the, the reasons I love lullabies is because it's a way to emotionally connect both for the baby and for us before the separation. And as we're singing, we're kind of soothing ourselves too. I'll see you in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay mm-hmm. for me too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. It is. And what I love, like when they were babies, it was a little bit different. And I longed for the day I could like do what I do now, like lay next to them and, you know, stroke their back and sing their song. And it, it is, it's like, there's parts of me sometimes I'm like, I don't want to leave. I just want to stay right here. Yes. <laughs> oh, but yeah, it's true. So true. Yeah, exactly. So, right. So with the lullaby, um, you know, if people haven't chosen their lullaby, Yeah, then that's another place to start understanding your baby's cues and what they're responding to. So it, you know, so much of it is trial and error, but the thing about music is that it repeats, right? It repeats the same way. So if I put my baby into bed every night and I go, I love you, I'll see you tomorrow, or okay, have a good night, it's not going to work the same way as Mm -hmm. a repeating lullaby every night that then becomes a behavioral cue and all this kind of stuff, but also is a way for me to understand, is, is my baby responding to this rhythm, to this tone? One thing that's um, also a research study I find interesting is that even non-musician parents will tend to sing their lullaby in the same key every night. So you just sang your song, mm-hmm. you probably sing it in that key. Oh yeah, um, I don't stray. I don't stray from it. <laughs> but that's not, I know my range. <laughs> but that, no, but that's not actually simple. I mean, even like for a musician, for me, if I try to sing any kind of song at, day after day in the same key without the guitar, that's not so simple. But parents intuitively do this because we feel the need of our baby to want this, you know, repetition. Um, but yeah, so through the lullaby, understanding what kind of how, how are they responding and what kind of um, speed do they need? What kind of, do they need the lower tones? Do they need the higher tones? And uh, you can really see, there's this amazing video I once did of my daughter. She, so my, I have three and um, she was, I think she was like two months old. And I have this video where I'm singing and I'm going some, some sort of like, happy song like I love you so much I love you so much I don't remember what that was and then I start going into a some ooh sad haunting thing and every time I went back and forth every time I went to the ooze she kind of did that like lip out pouty thing like she didn't start crying but she was clearly feeling the sad of it and i did it a few times because i the first time i thought that's that can't be she's two months old but i went back and forth and each time she went you know with the lip out so it's so powerful it's so powerful oh man i love it well i would love to connect our our listeners to you and your resources so where can we find you Okay, so the website is babyintune.com. So it's like to tune into your baby. And um, these days I'm doing remote classes. So actually anybody from all over can join them, which is a really exciting silver lining of all this. And then I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. That's at Baby in Tune and on YouTube at Baby in Tune. And the music, so I've got three albums for parents and babies. Um, the third one is actually about siblings because once I had 
I sort of wrote one album per kid. And by the third album, I was more interested in the dynamics between them than mm. the dynamic between parent baby, which is what interested me during the first two albums. So yeah. then it's an album about siblings. Um, oh, so those okay. can be found on Amazon, iTunes, Spotify at Vered, V-E-R-E-D. Oh, I love that. And then you're located in Brooklyn. So whenever, and I actually have quite a large uh, New York, uh, New York City area listener audience. Oh, so cool. definitely um, whenever that opens back up again, check her in, in person classes out. Yes. Yeah, and I've been doing Facebook Live every every Wednesday at three thirty. So that's oh that's, fun. Yeah, so many ways. Well, thank you so much. This was uh, really really enjoyable to chat with you. Same here. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you to the listeners for having me as well. Very. thank you for joining us today. And thank you guys for hanging out with us. I hope you feel really encouraged that it doesn't matter what kind of musical or non-musical ability you have. Your baby is your number one fan. Don't forget to follow her over on Instagram at baby in tune. Check out her website, which is linked in our show notes or head on over to littlezseat.com and check out the podcast tab where we have all of our resources and past episodes linked for you to binge through. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Sweet dreams. See you next time.